Good morning. Welcome to the Gathering Place podcast. I am Pastor Todd. This week, Pastor Byron is preaching a message to edify the church. I hope you are edified as well. And now, Pastor Byron. Honor to serve in this church with Pastor Byron. And I pray this morning that you would move in his heart, move in his mind to speak your word to us, Father. And the Holy Spirit, uh, you would take what he speaks and you would plant it deep in our hearts that it would bear fruit for the kingdom of heaven and let us have a deeper vision of who you are. We thank you for that. Give the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Good morning. You need to turn on your microphone, bar. I think it's on. Is it? Oh. There you go. On now. Yeah, Priscilla just left the room. You've been doing Hebrews, and as you know, we don't know who wrote it. And the big guess, because a lot of similarities is Paul, but then you think of a few others. But one came up that I was kind of surprised about, that the writer of that epistle could have been a woman. And they said there is a slight likelihood that Priscilla wrote the book of Hebrews. And that would be a, and then Priscilla just left the room. Not that Priscilla, the one that was married to Aquila. So, so, cause he spent a lot of time, she spent a lot of time, oh, she spent a lot of time with Paul and, and there's slight evidence that possibly she was the writer of Hebrews. You know what? Last Sunday, Todd did an amazing job on chapter 11 and we skipped chapter 10, and we said, we're going back to 10, but you know, God, in God's economy, there are no mistakes. And I, and I told Todd, you know, there are no mistakes. In fact, as I was preparing for chapter 10, one of the last verses in chapter 11 needs, there's an application to chapter 10. What does that verses in 11, 31, and 40 say? These were all commended for their faith, the whole list. Yet none of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned better things for us that are only together with us, would they, have, would they be made perfect? In fact, in that whole list, some of them didn't see the whole future behind what they went through. And yet, opening with that verse, and we're going to close with that verse as we get through the end, really applies to chapter 10 and really brings light to chapter 10. So let's do chapter 10. Father God, in Jesus' name, Lord, have your word have its perfect way in our lives in Jesus' name. Father God, may we grow in faith as we hear what the Holy Spirit so put down in writing for us. Chapter 10. The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the... <laughs> not the realities themselves, for this reason it can never, by the same sacrifice, repent endlessly year after year, make a 
make perfect those who are drawn near by faith. Uh, the opening words here is the law can never make us perfect. We're going to get more into that truth. And it's very important that the body of Christ understands the message in chapter 10. Otherwise, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshipers would have been cleansed once and for all and were no longer have felt guilty for their sins. And we're going to get more into that. But it's in God's perfect wisdom, after the perfect sacrifice of Jesus, shortly after that, the Roman Empire would destroy the temple. Because the old is destroyed and gone, and the new comes into place. And you'd say, why then for thousands of years never rebuilt? As the gospel of truth penetrates the whole, whole globe with who Jesus is and that his sacrifice was perfect and his sacrifice is all that's needed. So, you know, I, I didn't mean to say this, but why is there a, a, a desire in a moving to come to build a new temple? Why? Uh, and why is that closely connected with the coming of Jesus. Uh, well, I can go more in that. I, I, uh, uh, it's uh, whenever that started, you better get ready. Because Israel and the Jewish Hebrew nation will never have a chance to restart sacrifice for sins. Everything's going to change. Everything's going to change. Verse 3, But those sacrifices on the an, our annual reminder of sin, it is impossible for the blood and goats to take away sin. It's you hear that? It's impossible for the what Israel was doing for thousands of years, sacrificing animals, it could, could take away sin, remove its penalty, and remove it completely. It didn't have that power. Therefore, Christ came into the world. He said, sacrifice and offerings you did not desire, but, the, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you are not pleased. Then he said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll, scrolls. I have come to do the will of my Father. And that's talking about Jesus. And, and man, here I am. Don't you love the, I love, I always look back at the time when that call from heaven came to me 
sitting in a bathroom, sitting on a toilet, and I, and I can hear, here I am, here I am. And, and in, that, in that moment of knowing the fullness of Jesus, I responded to, here I am, come in, Lord, and bring me love and forgiveness. You have that here I am moment? Here I am. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I did everything that God required when I gave my life. First he said, and now, now, now the writer is saying what we just heard uh, and putting it into words. First he said, sacrifice and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, here I am. I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first and establishes the second. And by, the, by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice and the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Wait, hey, that's a, that is an amen. Yes. Here, I, do you do you and I see ourselves as holy? Not always, but you know what? The truth is, we are, because of the here I am showed up. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm holy, man. I I know the messy stuff about my life. Well, we're going to learn that Jesus covered the messy stuff in my life and your life. And we can emphatically, once the knowledge of that is fully known, you can say of yourself, I'm holy. I'm holy. Because it's not by your own actions you're made holy. Well, we're going to get into that. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his Religious duties, again and again, he offers the same sacrifices which he can never, which can never take away sin. But when the priest, the priest, the priest, Jesus, he's the priest. He's the priest he's talking about. The priest, Jesus had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, he has made, wait, made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Wait, you all think you're perfect? How dare you think you're perfect? But how truly, by faith, do you know you're perfect? And know, and actually know that it was him and what he suffered and what he went through 
that he has what? Made you holy. Wait a minute, I don't feel holy. No, you may not feel you're holy, but he made you holy. It's by what he did you're holy. Not by what you do are you holy. Are you getting it? Are you getting it? Wait, and then it goes on to say, and the Holy Spirit testifies about this. First says, this is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. And he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. I think that's being holy. Mean to tell me in this relationship that I've come in when I was sitting on a toilet and I heard, here I am, and I received his love and forgiveness, that that would last me my whole life, even through all my failures and my sins and everything I've ever done. And, you know, a lot of things changed, but a lot of things didn't change, and a lot of things I started working on, and a lot of things that. But in all that effort, and all that effort to please God in my life, I could never attain what he purchased in my behalf made me holy. Made me holy. And where, there, where these have been forgiven, sacrifice of sin is no longer necessary. You know, I... <clears throat> you know, a little tidbit. What I refer to, I, I re almost regret saying it, about, about when they build a temple, be ready. Because when they're about to sacrifice, uh, the Revelation talks about standing in that temple and blaspheming what God has done. And that, to me, he can't allow sacrifice of animals to start again because that's blaspheming to what Jesus did and accomplished. It's counter to what he did. And brother, he's coming back then. He's coming back. He won't allow the old to get started again because we just found out there's a new there's a first and there's a second. And there, there's an old and there's a new. And Jesus, Jesus entered in the new covenant with you and I through his blood. Through his blood. Now, I, I wrote here in bold print, uh, the Holy Spirit has testified to us about this. And I thought it was necessary to go back. This writer, whoever it was, Paul or Priscilla, I'll just use it. Two names to start with P, and uh, and look back at where those that information came from. But I wanna I wanna emphasize with you and I, and I don't, sometimes myself I I don't even go there, but I need to go there. We have a book that's called the B I B L E, and it has Genesis to Revelation. And, and what is the writer saying? What is the writer saying here? The Holy Spirit testifies. The Holy, hey, you and I, 
whenever we pick up this book that's called the Bible, you know we're picking up a writings put down by God himself to reveal to you who he is. It's like no other, I mean, there's a lot of books published and a lot of books I like and a lot of books we can read, but nothing, nothing in these books can really say to you and I, if we pick up a Bible, I mean, I, 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 think, I think in our quiet time, when we grab our own personal Bible at home, I think we have to rethink and think about what, I'm opening up a book that these very words in this book were hand-delivered by the Holy Spirit. Do you know what power that is in the book you're reading? There are no, there is no human book that can even come close to picking up the Bible and reading words directly inspired by the Holy Spirit. How about that? How about and and God and God has kept this book alive for thousands and thousands of years because they were written started right way back from Moses. That's thousands of years ago. These documents are all written and written and written through the prophets and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and all these guys and Psalms and where God is filling. Well, a little sideline. I said, you know, Solomon. Solomon. He, he. God said, I'm, I'm giving you anything you ask. Just ask me anything. And Solomon, as he pondered that, as he pondered that. He said, God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom to, to just minister to the people you've given me. Sometimes you overlook what the result of that request was. You know what the result of that request was? He said, well, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. What was the action that Solomon took with God granting him wisdom. It's right there in, in the book. It's, it says, he began to write hundreds of proverbs. Uh, of, of one I sent my son, because he, he, my son was struggling in Florida, and I sent this proverb. And the proverb says, and I'm going to paraphrase it, kind of not exactly word for word, it says, that you and my, our lives are not defined what people say about us. It says, it says like, a, like a sparrow flying, like a, like a dove and going there. He said, undeserved words fall off to nothing. So is your life defined by what people say about you or your life defined by what God says about you? You're going to have to go to the Bible and f read it and study it to find out God's heart for you and me. And it's, it's revelation to what he said. So, so, um, so I said, um, so wh where did it come from? Divinely inspired by the Holy Spirit. Every word of God. So where did... Psalms 40 is where part of that comes from. And what is the whole context of what that was said in Psalms 40, 6 to 8? 
Sacrifices and offerings I did not desire, but my ears you have opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, here I am, I've come. It is written about me in the scrolls. I desire to do the will by my God. Your law is within my heart. So that could be a messianic psalm. That's where, that's where the writer of Hebrews got what he said, or she said. And then he pulled out of Jeremiah 31, 33. said, this is the covenant I will make with my people Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. In the whole context is God is inviting people to have intimate relationship with him. And then the other verse that that comes from is Jeremiah 31, 34 which says, no longer will they teach their neighbors to say to one another, know the Lord, because they will, they will all know me. From the least and then to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. Years before Jesus accomplished it, this is written in Psalms and Jeremiah. And, and it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it was a wonderful thing. When you, when you come to know Jesus, when he said, here I am, and you receive him in your life, he plants in our life his identity. You're hungry for more of who he is? Go to the word. It's all inspired by the Holy Spirit. All of it. All of it. And he goes on back to Hebrews. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way, open for, for us through the curtain that it is body. Now you remember? I remember what happened when he died? The curtain was torn from top to bottom and opened up where only the priest could enter. Wide open. The writer here is saying that in the new and living way opened us through the curtain that is his body, Jesus. We have been allowed to enter as great or small, into a place that only special people were allowed to enter. You and I are, when wide open to all that God has. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and in full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from all, from guilty conscience 
and have our bodies washed with pure water. Now I want to share something here. You know what? God never, ever intends us to walk through life with a guilty conscience. It's possible for believers, but it's not his will. And I think, and what happens when we, when we kind of drift over to, you know, if I, if I live right, God's going to love me a little more. When God is saying, you know, just confess to me, confess your sins. I'm just and right, so forgive them. Get rid of it. Tell it to me. I know. He knows. He knows what we go through. through. He, 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 know, he knows the things that easily trip us up. And he doesn't want us to spend one day of our life with a guilty conscience. Are you free? He wants you to be free. Are you free? Maybe you're saying that. Maybe, maybe, maybe things are coming to your mind. So my, Man, how could God ever forgive me of this? How? He will. It's his heart's desire. He's the God that says, I will remember your wickedness and your sins no more. Are you free? Are you, are you and I walking in the freedom that Jesus' blood bought for us? Do you feel holy? Or has the enemy tripped you up to walk with a guilty conscience? Our God wants you to walk through life with a clear, pure, clean conscience. And it's not by your performance. It's by what he did. Not what you do. Not what I do. What he did. And he calls us holy. He calls us holy. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. He who promised is faithful. Do you believe that? Do you believe in God's faithfulness? Even though life can try to trip us up and try to take away that. Uh, that I, here I am going off. I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm going off. You know, it's, uh, it's, uh, there's, a, there's a scripture that talks about, and I, and I don't know the location that it comes to me. There's a scripture that talks about God will give us 70 years. I'm way into that already. And maybe 80. Well, I'm ready to be 80. And, and I've heard people say, I've heard people say that, well, you know, once you get into your 70s, you're on least time because God can take you any moment now. So you better be careful if you're going to get. But you know where that, you know where that scripture comes from? And somebody can look it up for me. But I, you know where it comes from? It's sandwiched between two things. And what it's sandwiched between 
and God is saying, you know, maybe 70, maybe 80, but it's between a person living under condemnation. If you're living under condemnation, maybe you'll hit it to 70, maybe 80. But God wants to remove condemnation from our lives. And it's in Psalms 90. Forget it. Psalms 90. Psalm 91 says, with long life I will give it to you. And Psalm 90 is saying, maybe 70, maybe 80, but your life, living life, is all about being bound by condemnation. Jesus took it away. He delivered us. Now, an interesting verse, and this is one of the things that I knew what it meant, but I, I really had a, uh, I grabbed my uh, commentaries because what it looks like is not really what it really saying. Here it is. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice of sins is left. Left. The only but only a fearful expectation of judgment and raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Everyone, anyone who rejects the laws of Moses died without mercy and the testimony of those two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think someone who deserves to be punished, who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has, was treated as a unholy thing, the blood and the covenant and the sacrifice and that sacrifice them and who have insulted, insulted the spirit of grace. But we know we know him who said, I am I am to revenge, I will repay again. The Lord will judge his people. It will be a dreadful thing to fall under the hands of the living God. Now, you could say if we don't get life perfect, we're in danger of judgment. But the commentaries and what I heard was saying, you know, Hebrews, what, what written to Jewish people, right? Written to the new covenant just as being established in the first, center, century, uh, the first generation of Jesus coming and and the message came to the Jews, and it came, and then it came to the Gentiles. The Gentiles glad to receive it, not all the Jews. They didn't gladly receive it. In fact, it was kind of trying. They tried to mingle in together uh, law and grace, mingle it together. And what he's writing to the Hebrews, if 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 you, and what I mean, what it meant by if, if after you deliberately keep sinning, you deliberately, deliberately reject Jesus' sacrifice and who Messiah is, then you're not saved at all. And don't you know that there's a God of judgment? And you can't go back to the sacrifices of animals anymore. 
You can't go back there anymore. You're sinning if you go back there and think that shedding the blood of animals somehow will take care of you, and I'll kind of let Jesus in partially. Jesus was a final, once and for all, sacrifice. The Roman Empire destroyed the temple and stopped that whole process. Stopped that whole process. So what he's saying here is, can you and I sin ourselves out of heaven? Wait a minute, I'm holy. <laughs> not me, not by what I'm doing or how I'm living. I'm holy, made holy. So, and if God earlier, if He said, if He said, our, I want your wickedness and your sins, I will remember no more. How could? us making the mistakes in life, you know, am I alone in this? Am I the only one that makes mistakes and sins? You know, your pastor's a sinner. Your pastor's not perfect. But your pastor's forgiven. Your pastor's tasted the mercy of God. Your pastor's loved. And your pastor knows the God that has removed all of his sin as far as the east and the west. What? The answer is, is in this context, and, and, and actually it was a Jewish writer commentary said, said the answer to that is, is that if you are depending on sacrifices rather than Jesus' sacrifice, you're under judgment, and you put grace to shame. Follow? Are you following? Tracking? All right. Then he goes on to say, <clears throat> remember, these early days after you have received the light, and, you're, and, and you endured in the great conflict full of suffering, you know, I mentioned Sandy. She's going through some really difficult times. Because we come to Jesus doesn't mean we won't suffer. Uh, it, won't, it won't mean we won't face challenges like uh, uh, Geraldine is waiting to find out what's going to become of her stepfather because he was hit by a car. It doesn't mean that, that, that we won't have tragedy come in our life. It doesn't mean that uh, we would disqualify who God is because our prayer wasn't answered. It says here, when we receive the light, when... when you endure great conflict full of suffering. Not if, not if, but when. Sometimes you are publicly exposed to insult and persecution. And other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. What, what an honor it is. What an honor it is for all of our lives 
when, when a brother or sister is going through really difficult times, that that's an opportunity for you to step in and walk aside alongside of them. I, I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what some churches do. And I, I know this firsthand. That a girl gets pregnant out of wedlock. And she's shunned by the church. So much that she can hardly come back. When the, the call, the call is when somebody exposed of a really difficult thing, where are the ones that are going to walk up alongside of them? Where are they? Where are they? Just to say, stand with them and say, you know what? You messed up, but I'm here to walk alongside of you and help restore what the enemy is trying to destroy. Uh, a very, uh, and they're working through it, a church that I'm aware of recently, the person leading worship, amazing worship leader, Several children, amazing worship leader. I mean, I mean, lead them right into the presence of God. And her husband had an affair with another woman. Do you stand alongside him and her, or do you reject them? That's the church. The church says, sometimes you are publicly exposed and insult and persecuted, and other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffer along with those in prison and joyfully accept the compensation of their property because you knew that you yourselves had a better and lasting possession. So you do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You want God's rewards? Be careful not to judge others. That belongs to God. Maybe God is calling you to walk alongside. It's an amazing thing about it's an amazing thing about when we judge others who failed. That, well, let's put it in kind of, what you're really saying. What you're really saying. What you're really saying. I'm better than them. And there's no room for pride in the body of Christ. Pride destroys. Humility builds up. And rather, rather than judge somebody that's going through a difficult time or really failed, is that, 
your call to step aside along that with them and help them in their journey? Ah, deep stuff. Then in verse 36, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For just a little while, he who is coming will come. And will not delay. Now, that could be that could be for me. That's kind of. I think the broad picture is someday Jesus is returning. Man, what a glorious day that will be! What a wonderful day that. Is. But also in kind of pulling it down to just personal life, personal life, it says, uh, just for a little while, He was coming, will come, and will not delay. Man, I have this issue I'm going through life. I made it so big. So big. Oh, it's bigger than my God. No, it's not. Be assured, be assured that he's on the way to help. He's on the way to help. And open up our eyes. And that's why that's why I said, um, and the, we're going to get to it in a moment, that last verse that Todd finished with is a good verse to end in light of what we're learning in chapter 10. And he says, end, but my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do, do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed. We are those who have faith and are saved. That's Man, God's calling us to an amazing journey of life. And, and it's, um, whether it's employees or people at church, it's just an opportunity to walk into their circumstances and their life and give them words of life, encouragement, and build them up. The church is not about tearing down, it's about building up. And I, and I hope and pray that when you, you come here, you're built up. You're encouraged. You're lifted up. Your faith is increased. Increased. Then where Todd ended up. Truly, no mistake. 11 and go back to 10. These are all commended for their faith. Yet, none of them receive what they had been promised. That, that waiting time is so crucial. So crucial. I just heard him say, I'm on the way. I'm on the way. Don't, don't be discouraged. I'm on the way. Since God had planned something better for us, that only together with us would they be made perfect. And when it all ends, whenever, it, whenever that happens, I, I, my person, I think I'm going to be totally overwhelmed and surprised of what God has for me and has for you.
the whole perspective has got to be changed. But in that journey, while we're going through the journey, back to every word that is written in this book that you and I are allowed to pick up and read was inspired by the Holy Spirit and will bring life to all of us. Life to all of us. I, 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 can't, I can't emphasize it enough that we, you and I, and, and with technology, and, and even my phone, I can say, you know, I can say, I grab my phone and said, uh, give me a, a verse about this. Boom, it's right there. But those words that we're reading and that we're hearing today were inspired by the Holy Spirit to reveal to you and me the nature of who God really is. He's not out to hurt you. He's out to help you. He's not out to condemn you. He's out to affirm you. He's not out to destroy you. He's out to give you life and life more abundantly. He's not out to load you with fear but give you peace that passes understanding. He's so good. He's so merciful. He's so kind. He's so loving. And for me and for us, he's big time forgiving. That we do not have to live our lives under condemnation. Done. Once and for all. The just for the unjust. Life or death. Hope or insecurity. Let faith arise in this place. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. We thank you for your word of truth. We thank you for the hope of our salvation. And Father, make us a people that will stand side by side with us when we're going through some really difficult times. Father, make us a people that will love one another from the heart. Make us a people that will be full of words of encouragement. And Father God, going back to... Um, oh man... I won't go back to it. So, uh, the the purpose for I can't find it out, but the pur the purpose for not assembling and meeting together is that this is a place should be a place, and I believe it is a place. Can I can I feel that way, where we can come and be encouraged and lifted up? That's the whole idea of gathering together. Not only that Jesus is here, but we can be instruments of His hand to encourage and lift one another up. Right? Amen? So be blessed. You're loved.
you're loved in a way that humanly we can't even love ourselves or each other. We're loved by amazing God that's for us and not against us. All right? That should be enough to totally make it through life if we embrace it completely. But you know what a good thing is? That uh, Todd always says is like days. We've got to talk days instead of. It's, uh, next day we meet, next Sunday, we can be encouraged again. You know, Priscilla already grabbed a verse out of uh, chapter 12 that was really encouraging. Be encouraged. Encourage, your, encourage yourself. And then in that, encourage others. Amen? God bless you. How about if we all stand up? This is Pastor Todd. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I pray the Lord uses today's message by Pastor Byron to strengthen your walk with God. If you were blessed by this message and would like to support the ministry of The Gathering Place financially, I encourage you to use our online giving portal at tgpchicago.org. Our portal uses PayPal's secure site so none of your information is compromised. Once again, thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Place podcast. God bless you and have a great week.